0: We have a new number one in college basketball because the Purdue Boilermakers have once again lost to the Big Ten academic leaders. Before we get to that though, we do have to talk about the off-court shenanigans with New Mexico State. This is Alan Capps, that's Mikey Watson. This is Sixth Year Seniors. Come after me! I'm a man.
1: I'm 40. I'm tired of losing the product. I'm not here to round this week. That's why I got a college grip. That's why I was an all-American in Michigan. I swear to God, I'll names all over the world. My mama is
0: defeating.
1: I could give a shit about North Carolina right now. There's only one way. There's only one way yeah. Mikey, how you doing? I'm I'm am doing all right. As I I mentioned my concerns off the air, we'll leave them off the air for now. That subject to change. Well, we'll get to some team
0: later in the broadcast.
1: But it was uh it it was a decent weekend and. We'll go from there.
0: All right, let's get started. Let's get the bad news out of the way. New Mexico State has suspended its basketball team until further notice after learning of, quote, allegations of hazing by at least three different players on more than one occasion. And now we're finding out that that hazing involved, quote, criminal sexual misconduct. This is ugly, and this, of course, is on top of the fact that one of their players killed a uni- University of New Mexico student in a gunfight earlier this year.
1: First of all, I don't want to bury the lead here. New Mexico State won a game in the NCAA tournament last year. This is this is no you know just some jabroni on the undercard. They're a uh, whack powerhouse. Yeah, they have been they have been the, the the standard bearer for the whack for a long time now. Number two, and this is where I'm really going with it. The, they had a coach help cover up a shooting a few months ago that didn't get the program shut down. And now this, on top of that, gets the program shut down. Is it a combination of both that they're just saying, all right, there's enough shenanigans, we're, we're, this is some bullshit, everybody go home? This is it ridiculous. It better
0: be. Because if they consider, I mean, as, as awful as criminal sexual misconduct sounds you can't tell me that's worse than killing somebody
1: the whole thing's a fiasco and the fact that uh, new head coach this year right is that correct yep yeah how did he i mean how did it get so far out of hand so fast i guess that's that's the main question good grief well you probably have to think that it didn't
0: get out of hand that fast it's just that probably this coach couldn't keep a lid on what was already going on. That's fair. Hazing does not just begin in one year and get this out of hand that quickly. Uh, I, no, I that's a cultural it, thing. Yeah, exactly. It's a generational issue that's been going on for years,
1: passed down from one one class is to the just next. Sick. Yeah.
0: You read the police reports, and I mean, it's just. It ain't it, good. It, it's gross and disgusting, and it' not good. Yeah, and you have to believe that the coaches either knew about it and turned their heads, or they're that out of
1: touch with their players. I, I've I've got to lean to the latter, right? I mean, uh, to the former, that they they knew.
0: Yeah, I, that's what I'm thinking too, because they sure knew about the shooting pretty quickly. I mean, and, uh, and were willing to hide a gun and. Uh, you know, avoid police detection. I think the only reason that this didn't get swept under the rug was because a police report was filed on Thursday and the university had to do something and they yeah. reacted on Friday.
1: Yeah, very good point.
0: Yeah, I, I would think that if a police report hadn't been filed, we would not know any of this that there might have been a couple of players suspended for conduct unbecoming of the team for like games.
1: Yeah. Indefinitely like Grayson (laughs) Allen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Indefinitely until we lose a lead (laughs) one game. (laughs) So their Saturday game against California Baptist was canceled after the team had already flown to California uh i assume they're all back in new mexico right now uh my guess is until further notice is going to be at least 2023 season
1: it's got to be and maybe even after that it's it's it's, it's got to be they were I mean, winless they're, they're, they were winless in conference until the last week or so
0: yeah they've not been playing well which you know can't surprise you considering what the hell is going on yeah what a shit show I, it's, it's just bad. I mean, th- this is long-term suspension of a, of a sports team
1: worthy. There's a lot going on here, yeah. I I, 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 I don't know if they're going to slam with the SMU gimmick, but, uh, I mean, shutting down the program for the rest of the season, I mean, your recruiting's out the door for this class, and it pro- may probably another one, right? Yeah, I mean, the coaches have got to be gone. Yeah, one hundred percent. You've got a totally right now clean suspended house.
0: Suspended with pay, but you can't keep that coaching staff around. No. So it's a total rebuild. Yep. I, I wouldn't be shocked. I, I think a lot's going to have depend too on what happens with both of these issues during the off season. But it wouldn't surprise
1: me if New Mexico
0: State does not play
1: next season. It would not surprise me either.
0: Yeah, and as you said, it's. It's really bad because this is a good program. Like you said, they won a game uh, in the N.C. tournament last year. They are consistent Western Athletic Conference contenders. Yep. I mean, they do a lot for being in Las Cruces, New Mexico, for crying out loud.
1: Yeah, not exactly the uh, center of the universe.
0: No, no, it is the center of, well, it's the center of the United States, which just tells you how boring it is. I mean, it probably makes Nebraska look like Disneyland.
1: Oh, I will not go that far.
0: <laughs> Good grief. So that's the bad news for the week. Shall we get on to the fun stuff, what happens on the court? Let's do it. Purdue, having already lost to Rutgers, loses to Northwestern on Ooh. Sunday afternoon. <laughs> Didn't see this one coming. I, how, how many number one teams can say that they have been beaten by both Rutgers and Northwestern in the same season? Ooh, that's a very good, that's got to be a first. That's got to be a first, ever.
1: <laughs> you know, the Big Ten got Rutgers for the New York market. They got Northwestern for the Chicago market. So it's, it's good to see, it's good to see the big market teams in the league finally, you know, you know earning their keep around this the, this place. Good grief.
0: Well, you know, you can't mock Northwestern too much because you know who's in second place right now? Northwestern. Good grief, that's right. (laughs) So they overcame, and y'all probably missed this. I I didn't see it either because I was heading over to a friend's for the Super Bowl. I was cooking, Uh, so yeah. (laughs) Northwestern overcame an eight-point deficit with a 17-3 run in the final three minutes and 52 seconds.
1: I think it was about an hour before kickoff where I flipped my phone back on and uh, and saw I saw the headline, you know, Northwestern stuns number one Purdue. I'm like, wait, what? Huh? What? No, no fucking way.
0: <laughs> oh, I didn't even see it until I got home.
1: Oh, wow. Okay.
0: I, uh, who, I, what, what, what? Am I supposed to w- w- check the score of Northwestern Purdue for crying out loud? Yeah, I don't
1: exactly have that on my notifications to, to pop up, you know. <laughs>
0: Chase Adigie scored 10 points in that stretch where Northwestern grabbed the lead. Boo Booey, one of the great names in college basketball, scores a game-high 26 points. Zach Headey had his 24-8, and eight, three blocks, but he also had six turnovers, and that really was the key. 24-8,
1: and eight, that's a down game for Headey. So yeah, that's true. Credit, he credit Northwestern, goal. yeah.
0: Northwestern is tied for second with Indiana and Illinois. Go figure. Northwestern second and Rutgers, at least until they suffered the injury to Mawat Mag, they were right up there contending as well. Northwestern and Rutgers in the Big Ten contention.
1: Yeah, pretty crazy. I'm supposed to I'm supposed to take Purdue seriously as a national championship contender with losses to Northwestern and Rutgers. Come on.
0: I don't it's know what over. to tell you, man. We we found out a couple weeks ago that Long Island
1: can beat Purdue, so why not Northwestern? Well, why not? Absolutely. <laughs> 116 upset alert. Look out.
0: Rutgers dropped a couple games back in the standings. They lost to Indiana 66-60 and Illinois 69-60. to You can really tell that they are suffering the loss of Mag. He uh, tore ACL against Michigan State last week. Yeah. It wasn't so much his offense, but it was his defense that they're really missing at this point.
1: Yeah, he was a glue guy, did all the little things, and and it's, yeah, just not not clicking since he's since he's been out. So tough tough break for the Scarlet Knights. To give you a little bit of a
0: statistical reference, Rutgers was allowing 0. .86 points per possession all season. Against Indiana and Illinois, they allowed more than one point per possession in both those games
1: it's the little things and and both games both games were competitive but it's just it's the little things that make the difference you win win and lose the margins
0: yeah if they had been average on defense they would have probably won both.
1: probably
0: and we have to mention that ohio state in a season of bad losses probably trumped everything with this one They lose at home on Sunday to Michigan State, 62-41.
1: Absolute shit kicking.
0: I'm thinking all the Buckeyes were already back at home watching the Super Bowl at that
1: point. You could probably make that argument. Ohio State is a dumpster fire right now. I don't get it. I have no idea what's going on. There's too much talent there for the team to be this bad. Help me out here. I got nothing.
0: Well, I think either one of two things is going to happen. They're going to rebound and win the Big Ten tournament and then get into the NCAA tournament as like an 11 seed in a play-in game and get to the Sweet 16. Or they'll miss the NCAA tournament, get selected to the NIT, and lose to Robert Morris in the first round.
1: I can dig that. I'm always here for a a Bobby Morris shout-out.
0: So Alabama has taken over the number one spot in both the polls, although it's very close with Houston. They beat Florida and Auburn this week. They've got a four-game winning streak since losing to Oklahoma. And if you go back deeper, they've won 12 of 13 since losing to Gonzaga back on December 17th.
1: Alabama was in a dogfight with Auburn on the road, hostile environment on Saturday, and closed that game out with quite the impressive punch to put away their rivals from the plane. So props to Alabama on that. Lesser teams would have had no issue folding like a cheap suit. Bama took care of business. Speaking of taking care of business, have you seen the average margin of victory Alabama is putting up in their SEC games? Well, it's probably
0: pretty big because there's one outlier when they beat Vandy by like 60, a couple
1: weeks. They beat Vandy by about a million points. Yeah. They're, they're winning games by like 22 points a game in conference. Man, here's the thing, and 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 I, there's some good teams in the SEC. Other than Tennessee, I don't think there's any other, you know, really good teams. But there's some solid teams in the SEC. That is greater than the margin of victory that that undefeated Kentucky team in 2015 put on the league oh, when they wow. when they lost to Wisconsin in the final four. So, Alabama. That's saying something. They are taking care of business in the league at a record clip right now. And they will certainly be tested this Wednesday night in Knoxville. Looking forward to it. Yeah, that's going to be the game of the week
0: on Wednesday. 100%. By the way, yeah, Vegas time, 4 p.m., ESPN2, Bama at Tennessee.
1: Big boy game right there. It's going to be good.
0: Yeah, it would have been a little bit bigger boy game had Tennessee not had a pair of three-point shots go in against them this week.
1: Tremendous, tremendous! Lost twice at the buzzer this week. I love it.
0: So let's start on Wednesday, where Vanderbilt wins sixty-six to sixty-five. Tyron Lawrence with the three at the buzzer, and that from the deep corner from the deep corner. Ezra Majan would drove down the baseline, got the ball off to uh to Lawrence wide open
1: three. It was in, yeah, like I said it was it was every bit of the sideline corner that you can get.
0: And Vanderbilt, they really had to scrap to
1: get there. That the, the end of that game was a shit show.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was. It was they were down 65-63 with 15 seconds left and they'd only committed 3 fouls. So they had to commit four more fouls in that time period just to get Tennessee to the line. They got him to the line with eight seconds left. And what do you know? But Tennessee bricks that free throw Vandy has it set up where they can win or tie with 4.8 seconds left. And the shot goes down
1: with the, with the distance of the court. It was, it was tie 70 style except instead of the layup, you got the, you, you, you got the kick out. It was great. You know, and Vandy also then won
0: at Florida on Saturday. You know ever since they got their butts kicked by Bama, Jerry Stackhouse has his team playing pretty decently.
1: They're playing tough right now maybe maybe the maybe getting their teeth kicked in by Alabama just you know put some fight into them. I don't know.
0: It's always it's always fun when Vanderbilt has a good team I agree. Especially because of that home court that you hate. God, it's horrible. It is
1: horrible.
0: I l- I love the kids on the baseline rather than the sidelines. It's awful. The visual in fact, that the upset, thing. did you say, I mean, they were right there. They were when right there. That, that was shot, pretty cool. Yeah, he was
1: within three feet of the bench. Well, he would have been at three feet from the bench if the bench was in where it's supposed to fucking be. It just <laughs> would have. The angle would have been ninety degrees different. That's all i care about. But but yeah, it was uh, it was good stuff.
0: And then on Saturday, Missouri hits 14 of 26 threes against the number one three-point defense, uh, including the buzzer beater by DeAndre Golston. From what,
1: like 37 feet or something like that? I mean, it oh, was yeah, it was deep. Steph Curry
0: range. Tennessee missed missed a first free throw, and then had a second waved off for a lane violation, which gave Missouri the chance to, to again win or tie the game. Colston races up the court. And as you said, it was maybe two steps beyond half court.
1: It was, it was deep. It was very deep.
0: And it it snapped the net. It did not hit
1: a piece of the rim. It was no doubt. It was tremendous. Dead on. Great moment. Fantastic. How do you feel if you're the guy that commits the lane violation there? That's, that's brutal. I I can't remember the last time a lane violation cost someone a victory. So we
0: talked last week about Tennessee's three defense being at a record pace. It's still at a record pace, but it's now up to 24.2%, though the record, of course, is 25 and change. Boy, Vanderbilt and Missouri sure took a, took a piece out of that defense.
1: Absolutely. So my my guess is it corrects itself this week if Tennessee beats Bama at home. That's just, just a guess. We'll see what happens. Bama can't keep beating everybody by a million points in the SEC, so... It, it, they're gonna they're gonna be tested. It's gonna be a good game Wednesday night.
0: Yeah, I, I can't wait. I, I'm shocked that's on a Wednesday. That's gonna be one of the top five games of the season.
1: Regular most likely. season, most likely, yeah, because it's the only meeting. There is no mo- there is no rematch. So, well,
0: until the SEC until finals, later,
1: so. absolutely. There's no rematch in the season. So,
0: although actually, with Tennessee losing those two games, could they fall into fourth place possibly and? have to face them in the semis? I wouldn't think so. Um, no, they're in third by a game over Auburn, Kentucky, and Missouri. They'd have to lose a couple more, I think. Yeah. I, I think they're pretty safe in third place. Texas A&M, by the way, is in second place at 10-2, and two, and I think that's kind of fraudulent. They keep winning basketball games, but their schedule's been pretty light.
1: Ten- Tennessee goes to College Station in a couple weekends. There's two. There's a two game split there, but that may that may sort it out. A and M closes the season at home against Alabama, so they've still got the the back end of the schedule for, for the Aggies is gonna is is gonna take care of itself. Probably they'll have to earn it.
0: And meanwhile, we can't go without mentioning that Kentucky after, and I believe it was ESPN. You're CBS. You know they, they they love their Kentucky basketball. Lauded them. They're they're coming back around. Kentucky's coming back. They lose to Arkansas and they lose to Georgia on the weekend.
1: I'm sure it was Jimmy Dykes who who was giving Kentucky the uh, all the praise because God knows he can't stay out of his own way when it comes to Kentucky. All of a sudden they're 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 in in some deep deep shit as far as the bubble goes. They are definitely on the wrong side as of this recording.
0: Yeah, I mean get this, I they're. They're sitting at 7-5 in conference, but only 16-9 and nine overall. And heck, do they even have a really big victory to hang their hat on?
1: I don't think so. Uh, okay, T- Tennessee. They got Tennessee, that's, oh, that's right. that's the Tennessee on the road. Game. That's a good win. But, that's a big-time win. I forgot that.
0: But other than that, their second biggest win is Michigan. Yeah. And I, Michigan's not that great. And that was that neutral court game out in London.
1: Yeah, there's there's not a lot of juice on the old resume for Kentucky. Their margin of error is out the door, basically at this point. Losing to Arkansas, even at home, is one thing. I mean, but you losing losing that Georgia game is brutal for the Cats. Yeah,
0: yeah, Georgia is awful. I they're they're no, I shouldn't say awful because I mean they're not like they're Long Island, but they're not making the NCAA tournament. They'll probably get into the NIT just because. They're the SEC, but this is not a good basketball team.
1: Dominique Wilkins ain't walking through that door.
0: No, n- not even to attend a uh, an alumni game. Probably, <laughs> I'm not sure how much he wants to even
1: have to <laughs> have to
0: acknowledge Georgia at this point. <laughs> Let's move out to the West Coast, where this is usually if we're going to talk about the West Coast Conference this early, we're talking about Gonzaga. No, we're talking about Saint Mary's getting upset by Loyola of Marymount and once again it's Cam Shelton going crazy and beating one of the top teams in the West Coast Conference 31 points including 24 of Loyola's final 31
1: I told you Gonzaga was going to win the conference and you didn't believe me, but here we go. You know, here's St. Mary's dropping a game they shouldn't. We mentioned last week, you know, they had two games on the road this week. It's like, yeah, you know, Loyola, maybe they'll kill Portland, but no, there's nothing to worry about. Cam Shelton, one man wrecking group, 31 points, takes care of business, uh, upset St. Mary's at home uh, in overtime, big time, entertaining as hell game.
0: Loyola's now third in the West Coast, and the way that tournament is structured. That means they'll get a single buy, and they want to play too many games. If Cam Shelton get hot at the right time, I can see Loyola Marymount beating both Gonzaga and St. Mary's in March.
1: Doing it back to back would be a big ask, but he's got the talent to be able to carry it. That, that's the kind of guy that can, that can get hot and go on a run. That's what we, uh, that's what we're here for in March. So meanwhile, in the big East,
0: This is getting fun now. Marquette loses. Xavier loses. Providence loses. Creighton beats Connecticut. And all of a sudden, we've got a four-team struggle at the top of the
1: Big East. Yeah, it's getting pretty crazy up there right now. I mean, take your pick. I still don't believe in Xavier. Creighton has has seemed to figure it out here. Providence is lurking. You like Marquette. I have I have I, I've got no feel here as far as what the hell's going on in the Big East. It feels like any team could beat anybody else on any given night.
0: Yes, that's exactly what's going on, and that's what makes it fantastic. Actually, I'm still on Creighton. It took them a little while to get going, but I think that team is going to be very very tough come NCAA tournament time.
1: I keep waiting for UConn to kind of turn around and figure it out. It doesn't it doesn't seem like it's going to happen. It's starting to look more and more like it's coming down to Marquette and Marquette and Creighton. But who the hell knows? I mean, UConn, Connecticut, I have no freaking clue. Well, before we go to the break, let's see if we can get Mikey's
0: blood pressure going here. Just as they were starting to be talked about as missing the NCAA tournament, Carolina pulls out the best game of their season. They beat Clemson 91-71.
1: Time to save the season, Mikey. Time to save the season for sure. It says something that that, that Clemson's Carolina's biggest win right now. That's uh, not saying a hell of a lot for Carolina's resume. They've got all those quad one losses, all those close quad one losses <laughs> earlier in the season. They should have beat Alabama in one of however many freaking overtimes they played. They could have won the game any t- any of those times, but now couldn't do that. They finally hit shots. It, it's it's funny how much everything everything looks better when when you hit three pointers. They, uh, they hit 15 on 33 shots on Saturday. Where has this been all freaking season? I'm looking live right now. They're in a dogfight with Miami in the first half. They are shooting 10% from downtown. 48% from the mm. field. 10% from downtown. So let me do the math on this. And this is live, so don't hold me to this. But they're 11 of 23 from the field right now. They're 1 of 10 from downtown. Which tells me they're shooting 10 of 13 from two point range, maybe you want to take a few more two point shots if they're not falling. I don't know. The math—I can do the math here. Your ex—what's ex, the EFG? Whatever the expected analy, the analytical. I, I, all I know is the higher the better. And right now, your three point shooting is not raising that number; it's lowering that number. So feed the rock inside. Let's get to the rack for God's sake. They kicked the crap out of Clemson on Saturday. It was very entertaining.
0: You know, the funny thing is, is I could mock you for Scott Steiner math, but that math actually made sense.
1: All right. Thank thank God.
0: Virginia defeats Duke 69-62 in overtime on Saturday. Kyle Filipowski was fouled on a dunk attempt, and then they reversed the foul call. Duke loses. Now tell me, would that call have been reversed if Coach K was on the
1: sidelines? I, I, let's say this. One – if Krzyzewski's on the sidelines, Duke's shooting free throws. All right, straight up. Two, that call gets, re- even if Shashevsky's not on the sideline, that call gets reversed in 14 other ACC arenas. But I'm telling okay. you, and I've been saying this for years now, and nobody's been taking me seriously, but there is no team, not even Duke, that has gotten the benefit of a friendly whistle at home In the ACC, more than Virginia over the last seven or eight years. And Saturday, you're not going to hear me say this much, Duke got screwed. On Saturday. Wow. I'm saying it right now. Virginia, Virginia getting bailed out by a friendly whistle at John Paul Jones Arena. I'm shocked. I haven't seen that for the last seven or eight years. It happens every freaking time a team goes into Charlottesville and nobody wants to talk about it. I'm talking about it. There is no team in the ACC that gets a better whistle at home than Virginia, and it's been that way for a while. They get away with with so much more contact than any other team in the league, especially when they're at home, because they have this reputation of playing this great defense. That's all it is, and it's a bunch of bullshit, and everybody knows it, and yes, Duke got screwed on Saturday.
0: I think we have the title of this week's show,
1: there you, there you go. you go.
0: got screwed.
1: Yeah, I said it. Like Buddy Landell said, that's right, I said it.
0: Another team that got screwed was probably Virginia Tech. Oh. After we said they had an easy schedule coming up in which they can get back to 500, they lose at home to Boston College.
1: I was ready to make the argument after the midweek. Boston College is pretty frisky. They're not going to, you know, they're, 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 they're 500. They're nothing, but they fight, they fight. And then NC state went up to chestnut Hill and kicked the ever loving crap out of the Eagles over the weekend, which may say more about NC state than it says about Boston college. Well, we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, but yeah, as soon as Virginia tech thinks they're uh, thinks they're turning things around, they drop one. They absolutely had to have that's a bad loss for the Hokies.
0: Well, so if you got screwed in a basketball game, and he said, man, dude, I need to get away. Who might you call?
1: Hit up our girl, Wendy Prater, at Magical Journeys Travel. She will give you a friendly whistle if you book with her. Tell her you heard about her on Sixth Year Seniors. She'll give you $25 off your next trip deposit, whether you want to go All major cruise lines, all inclusives with Disney, Universal, California, Florida, all that stuff. Get away. Take a breather. Don't let your blood pressure get up because the ref screwed you again, or maybe in Duke's case, screwed you for the first time ever. It's okay. It's okay. Hit her up. She'll take care of you. Make your next vacation stress-free. She'll take care of all the details, all the planning, all that stuff. She's on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at WP Magic Journeys. Go hit her up. Tell her you heard about her on the Seniors. $25 off your next trip deposit. Wendy Prater at Magical Journeys Travel. She makes the plans. You make the memories. And so we get into the
0: second half of the show. Shockingly, we haven't talked about the best conference in the nation yet. Kansas is looking alive. But, man, Texas has got a game lead over everybody can kansas catch texas
1: look they're they're still through what three weeks to play in the season or whatever it is yes th- yeah they can catch them they probably will catch them i won't believe kansas is is out of the the big 12 regular season race until the math absolutely makes sense There's plenty of time left kansas has got it in the back don't worry about it book it west virginia
0: is starting to make waves once again might be too late but we'll see they beat iowa state 76-71 and now you might have to wonder: Is Iowa State's magical run starting to end?
1: They might be fading. They're they're still plenty good enough to be in uh, in the tournament. They don't have to worry about that, I don't think. But uh, but yeah, uh, the Cyclones fading a little bit. That game was hideous the other night. Just God, uh, you talk about whistles earlier. It was a whistle fest uh, in that one. Absolutely ridiculous. The Big Twelve, it's, it's no nights off.
0: Yeah, that West Virginia Iowa State game. Finished with 49 fouls and 55 free throws. Come on. Four players fouled out. How many of those fouls are charges?
1: You, you, God knows college refs call them charges, but good grief.
0: Yeah, I'd, I'd say at
1: least half a dozen, easily. That's ridiculous.
0: Robert Jones was one of the Iowa State players to foul out. He did so in just
1: 14 minutes off the bench. That takes some effort. That, that's really good. That's... That's um, shoot, what was his name? What what was the guy's? That, that's that's Augustine against Sean May in the two thousand five national championship game. That's oh that yeah, is. there yeah. you go. That's good stuff. Don Nelson used to pull a guy off the
0: bench for the Golden State Warriors when they were doing the Shack or Hack-a-Shack. That's meet. right. And, and yeah, he'd he'd have like five fouls in four minutes. It was amazing.
1: Texas Tech hosted kansas state over the weekend and stole one from the wildcats didn't see that one coming 71 63 at home and uh, kansas state bad bad loss there you got to go on the road take care of business i know that again there's no off nights in the big 12 especially on the road kansas state falls two games back dropping one of the red raiders so bad loss there for k-state
0: yeah just when you think texas tech is dead they come and pull out a game like that they're awake they're alive Well, but they still haven't won on the road. They are the only Big 12 team to not win on the road yet. Over in the Atlantic 10, Dayton draws closer to the lead. They upset, I shouldn't say upset, they defeated the league leaders, VCU, on the road, 62-58. And then on Friday, beat St. Louis, 70-56. Good old Dayton is coming back around.
1: That's a good week for the Flyers there, knocking off VCU and St. Louis. Pour one out for Rick Sky. absolutely. And you always got to
0: love Dayton because, especially if they end up in the first four, home court.
1: It's a home advantage. game, yeah. You, you can't do that in the NCAA tournament. But didn't they get, Didn't weren't they in the first four a few years ago? They were. I want to say it was like three or four years ago.
0: And Did and, they uh, Did they yeah, win? Everybody freaked out about it then.
1: Did they win? I do not recall if they won or not. God. You'd think i know this shit, but I got the monkeys in the truck on the, on the case. I was going to say, while Mikey's looking
0: that up, we're going to head over to the Mountain West, where San Diego State got another impressive road victory, 63-61 over Utah State. As tough as the Mountain West has been, it seems like San Diego State has the
1: added ability to win big games
0: on the road that nobody else can do.
1: That's a very good point. The, the Aztecs have not been phased on the road like other teams have in the Mountain West. Props to them for that. They've established themselves as the clear Mountain West uh, favorite. New Mexico State, meanwhile,
0: loses Nevada and Air Force this week. That dropped them all the way down to 6-6. Six and six. If five teams are going to get in from the Mountain West, they would be the fifth team, and it's starting to look pretty bad for that
1: yeah getting a little dicey there so yeah i don't know
0: yeah you talked about the north carolina shooting disparity air force against new mexico shot 66 percent from the field i bet you they 60- won yeah they won okay you shoot 66 percent. i hope you win and 62 percent from the free throw line how do you shoot better from the field than you do from the free throw
1: line? I, I don't know. I don't know. If, but if you shoot 67% from the field, you could probably miss all your free throws and probably win the game. Monkeys in the truck, 2015. Dayton hosted, hosted Boise State in the first four, 156-55. There we go. So there go. were shenanigans for sure.
0: Man, eight years ago, though. I, we were saying, oh, yeah, it might be four or five. We're and getting old, man. That means our memories are still good. In the Pac-12, Oregon split with the Southern California schools. They beat USC 78-60. They lost to UCLA 70-63. But that loss to the Bruins isn't as good as that final
1: score indicates. No, it, 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 it's, it's really not. They got the one win they really needed. I would have hoped for a little bit better showing uh, against the Bruins. They led
0: UCLA 37-36 with about 16 minutes to go. But then UCLA goes on a 19-4 run. Oregon only got within single digits at the very end when the score didn't matter. Yeah,
1: garbage time. Just like, just like Carolina got, you know, got the single digits against Wake Forest last week after being blown up by a million points in the first half. That's nice.
0: So Oregon is in a fight with Utah and Arizona State for probably one spot in the NCAA tournament. They played them both twice already, and they're three and one against those two teams. So like, they have that advantage. So if anybody's going to get that spot from the Pac-12, it's probably going to be Oregon, unless they spontaneously combust at the end of the year. We'll see. I'm still not.
1: God, I'm still not sold on them,
0: though. Oh, I'm not sold on them. I I think if if the Pac-12 gets that extra team. And it's not taken by, say, the Mountain West or somebody else. It's got to be Oregon. But I'm not sure if Pac-12 is going to get that extra team or not.
1: Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I, I would lean no right now. That, that that's where I'm going. I would lean no on that.
0: I especially with and and I'm back here at my favorite conference, the Atlantic Ten is starting to look like they might be able to put two teams in the field between VCU, St.
1: Louis, and Dayton. Maybe they can get two in. They might yeah, they're rallying here late trying to trying to right the ship. They might be able to steal that pack twelve bit. I don't know. That's a good point.
0: Stanford stormed the court after beating Arizona on Saturday. 88 79. Spencer Jones, all of his eighteen points in the second half for the Cardinal.
1: Yeah, did I didn't expect to see uh Arizona dropping dropping one to Stanford when I woke up Sunday morning. What the hell? And since
0: we're in the pack twelve Let's do a quick documentary review. There is on Netflix, uh, on their documentary series called Bad Sports, a one hour deep dive into the Arizona State 1994 point shaving scandal. Have you seen this yet? I have not. It's not bad. It's got some holes in it. Uh, But they got to talk to the point guard, Steven Smith, who shaved the games and a gambler, Joe Gagliano, who claims he was the money man. And it doesn't surprise me that his math doesn't work right.
1: My math worked right earlier, but you're saying he's got
0: Steiner math. Is that what it is? He's definitely got Steiner. math. Okay. So here's what he claims happened. First, he claims that he had $400,000 in investments when he was 23 years old. Uh, okay, let, let's take it for what it's worth and say he actually had it. So he says he pulls all 400000 of it out to go gamble on these fixed games. By the time he's telling the story, he's got $500,000. Okay. Okay. He claims after the first game that he won $1.1 $1. 1 million. Now, the VIGs minus 110, you got 500, you don't make 600. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the other thing that caught my eye was he said he was being smart and he was making bets in increments just under $10,000 to avoid having to, uh, what, what, I forget what the tax form is, if it, you win it, more than 10 grand. Yeah. But anyway, he claimed that he made no bet more than 10 grand. He's got $500,000. That means he had to make 51 individual bets. Yep. Now, I went back and I checked and I found a. <laughs> because, great of course, site. you did. This is great. Uh, the University of Nevada, Las Vegas had a grant in which they were gathering gambling data. And one of the things that I found was in 1994, there were only 27 sports books. Okay. This guy Gagliano claimed that he had his dad and a friend with him. So, even if. Even if all three of them split these bets, that's 17 bets each that they had to make across 27 sports books. Let's just suppose that they were able to do that. He then said that his $1.1 million, which somehow became $1.2, he bet <laughs> again in the same fashion two days later. That means he would have had to put down 122 individual bets that means each person would have had to bet 41 times at 27 casinos the math doesn't make sense
1: doesn't yeah it doesn't work out
0: so then he won that game and claims he has 2.5 million 1.2 making 2.5 on a minus 110 vig still not making sense
1: highly unlikely
0: so then he claims that he put that 2.5 million out there on the Washington game. That at halftime, the news broke and the coach told the kids, he said, "Hey, the FBI is investigating us for point shaving. Does anybody know anything?" And Steven Smith goes crazy in the second half, and Arizona State easily covers the game and uh, you know doesn't win the bet for. Uh, Gagliano because he's betting against Arizona State so here's the gig I think he's inventing all these monetary numbers because he lost the last game therefore he doesn't have any of this money he can claim he had whatever he had because he doesn't have it anymore very good point
1: very good point
0: but I was really disappointed in the documentarian for not calling on on it if you're, if you're gonna do a show like this you need to know how gambling works and gambling does not get you $1.1 million on a $500,000 bet. No. But other than that, it was pretty interesting. Uh, Smith <laughs> but other than all that bullshit,
1: it was pretty good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Steven Smith was very open about it, and that probably was the best thing about it, his storytelling of the entire, what, about two months. And, and frankly, it also shows you the strength of the gambling community because it was the books who figured this out initially, simply because there were t- tons of young people with $20 bills and Arizona State shirts on, betting against Arizona State.
1: <laughs> I love it.
0: Yeah. So between the guy with the big money and the Arizona State kids betting against their school, it was pretty easy to figure out something was going on. It's good stuff. It is. It, like I said, it's worth watching. I don't remember what what the part of that uh, show is called, but it's bad sports, and then just look up the Arizona State Point Shaving Scandal. Gotcha. On Netflix. Hey, by the way, speaking of Netflix, have you watched The Hatchet Kid yet? No, I have not. Hopefully you'll watch that before the end of this 60-year senior season. I really want to get your reaction on that. Okay. Kai, Kai the Hitchhiker. Gotcha. And Kai frequented... The Big West Territory, where we'll go next. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. (laughs) Santa Barbara wins at Long Beach State on Thursday, 75-72. Ajay Mitchell, 17 points, 10 assists. Santa Barbara remains at top
1: of the conference. Big win for the Gauchos there. Big time win.
0: Yeah, and Long Beach's Marcus Shahonis, who had been on a scoring streak, was held to one for 13 shooting and just two points. Santa Barbara might be
1: tough in March, given the right given the right draw. I would uh I'd, I'd buy him given a contender trouble. if if they can be a
0: thirteen.
1: Can they get to a thirteen? I, I th- yep. I,
0: I, yeah, I, I think they can. I think they can do something against the right four. In the MAC, Akron drops a couple of games. One of them to Toledo, and suddenly Toledo is back up there with Kent State and Akron atop the MAC.
1: Zips were fading a little bit. Big-time win coming back, winning on the road at Akron. That's a big one for Toledo.
0: Hey, by the way, I didn't realize this. Uh, The leading scorer for Akron is some kid named Ray J. Dennis. Ring a bell? Does. Former Boise State Bronco.
1: Got he'd transferred out.
0: There's the transfer window for you. you I can't believe you guys lost Ray J. He was was a a good
1: player at Boise. He was very good. Very solid. Instant offense.
0: Over in the horizon, Cleveland State beat Youngstown State 81-78 on Sunday. Ty Williams with a team high 20. Cleveland State now tied with Northern Kentucky and within a game of Youngstown State and Milwaukee. Those four seem to be headed to a showdown
1: for one bid in the horizon. Most likely, really feeling Cleveland State that they're playing good right now.
0: In the Missouri Valley, Drake looked outstanding. They wallop Murray 92-68 on Murray's home court, and then beat Southern Illinois 82-59 on Saturday. That was supposed to be a tight matchup between co-leaders.
1: Yeah, didn't quite didn't quite turn out that way. That's big a uh, big week for Drake there. Go. I, I know Murray's not as good as they've been in recent years, but going and winning at Murray State by. 20-plus points, that is as impressive as it gets in your mid-majors as far as road wins going in the league. That's a big-time win for Drake. And then uh, and then just keeping the momentum up by taking out the Salukis, big, big week for Drake. So Drake is atop the
0: Missouri Valley, along with Bradley, who is also 2-0 and this week. Bradley lost at Drake earlier this year. They host them the last day of the season, February
1: 26th.
0: Mark it on the calendar. Hey, by the way, do you know what February 27 entails?
1: No, I do not.
0: That is the first day of conference tournaments. Oh.
1: Just two weeks away. Do, the I, Atlantic
0: Sun opens that day.
1: I, 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 meant to, I meant to mention this. Yesterday was February 12th. Do you know what, do you know what that entails? Uh, it was the Super Bowl. It was the ninth anniversary are... of the snow game,
0: of the Carolina-Duke snow game. Oh, yes, it's that. I, I saw you posted that on Facebook.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it's Coach been Curry nine years. He decided he couldn't drive in the snow. I can't believe it's been nine years. God, we're old, man. One of my favorite nights ever. It was so, I was pissed. But looking back, it was so
0: funny. And you'll never let anybody forget
1: it. Absolutely not. For the rest of my for the rest of my life. Sheshewski can't drive in snow.
0: In the American East, where they do drive in the snow.
1: Lots. Yes. Vermont
0: beats Vermont beats Mass Lowell 93-81. That gives them a two game lead over Binghampton and three over Lowell. Binghampton pulls out an overtime victory over Albany. Get this score. 80 to 66 in overtime.
1: Binghamton dropping the dropping the double digit beat down on Albany in the uh, in the overtime session. That's really good. Binghamton's decent, but they've got nothing for Vermont. It's the Catamounts and everybody else in the American East.
0: Winning and covering in overtime like that always reminds me of the Gonzaga NC tournament game, where I believe it was double overtime and Gonzaga was like an eight point favorite. All the Gonzaga betters were like, ah, dude, we've lost this. Okay, we're going in overtime. Ah, we've lost. Oh, we're going in a double overtime. And Gonzaga covers in double overtime. (laughs) That was a great game. In the Ivy, Yale has regained their lead with a six-game winning streak. Cornell, now the team outside looking in. They're a game behind Penn and Brown after losing to Brown on Saturday,
1: 80-66. Brown's sneaking back in the four here, so that's good. Cornell, out some odd man out, something to keep an eye on.
0: This week, they've got a chance to recover. They host both Dartmouth and Harvard, who are both below them in the standings. Penn and Brown have to travel. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if, we, when we're talking this time next week, Cornell's back in the top four.
1: Yeah, but you're probably right.
0: One of the most entertaining finishes this week, Happened in the big sky. Did you see the highlight of Portland State and Northern Arizona? I
1: forgot to go back and watch it, and then I couldn't find it.
0: Oh, no. Okay. I'll have to find it for you, because this is what happened. Double shenanigans. Northern Arizona's Liam Lloyd makes a game-winning three for Northern, but the officials put .6 seconds back on the clock. And Portland State's Isaiah Johnson, he... He catches a full court pass. He's falling backward on the baseline. And at the same time as he's catching it, he just launches it toward the basket in for the winner.
1: All right. This is as fine a spot as any to bring this up. And I don't know. I I can't remember having this conversation with you here so, so So we're going to talk about it right now. Why don't we want the best athletes in the world doing shit like this why do we got to have the stupid-ass advance-the-ball rule in the NBA? I want to see the pros, the best athletes in the world, go 94 feet in one second to win games like this. You want to you, you make highlights. Why aren't we doing this? The, the stupid advance-the-ball-to-half court is the dumbest rule in professional sports. I cannot disagree with
0: you. Okay, for, just For this sure. exact reason, can you imagine Steph Curry hurling up 80 footers I yeah guys, there's a good chance he'll make
1: them yeah I mean I mean we say good chance we're talking you know 20 25 percent there's a legitimate shot that he's that he's ringing one from 65 feet to win the game we don't want to see this he, he we want to make it, it, it easier warm-ups. for him
0: yeah he does it in warm-ups nightly yeah Steph Curry walks off the court in warm-ups, he shoots until he hits a shot from the locker room door.
1: And often it doesn't take him that long to do it. No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, the, the we should be making no, I totally these... agree with
0: you. The the, the whole advanced to half court on a timeout is a pain in the ass. It's
1: contrived drama and and again, you're not you're not highlighting your biggest assets by doing it. You want guys going 94 feet at full speed. I, I let let's see let's see Giannis. You know go. You know how many steps can he take from from the free throw line to free throw line? Hopefully dribbling and make some crazy ass play with two and a half seconds left in the, to win the game. Why don't we want to see this? Why do we want to congest everybody into one side of the court? And, and then make a play. Yeah, the shots are great. Yeah, it's fine. It's contrived drama. Let's go the length of the court. Let's, let's let our athletes be athletes and make plays. Because it's awesome when it happens in college. Think how Think how athletically incredible it would be if the NBA was doing it. It's absolute stain on the game. Come on. The only way I can play
0: devil's advocate on this is if you see it too often,
1: does it no longer become spectacular? I don't think so. It's it's not it's 94 feet for God's sake. It's the it, it's the it's the lay of the land. Like I said I'm just trying to play devil's advocate. I really don't have an argument against it. I see what you're trying to do there, but hell, I I see it from half court every fucking night. So what are we doing?
0: Well, let's go to another spectacular finish. In the swack, Jackson State goes double overtime with Arkansas Pine Bluff before they win 88-84. But in the middle of the first overtime, the Pine Bluff bench and the Jackson State fans, possibly football players, get into a verbal altercation. It took a couple minutes to pull them apart. I'm not saying this is going to be malice at the Palace, but it was getting pretty heated. <laughs> then in the second overtime, a male Jackson State cheerleader was reprimanded by the officials for, uh, as I think it was OutKick the Coverage said, being a little too distracting with his hands. And so I'm expecting, like, you know, he's cross-chopping or something, you know, doing the old DX thing. No, he's just waving his hands around like a goober. You know, I mean, I, I, I don't
1: know why the officials made him stop. So here's here's the, the what is it, the epilogue? Is this, yeah, 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 it's a prologue epilogue. The epilogue did this. That wasn't the only cheerleader to get thrown out of a SWAT game this week. Oh wait a minute! That wasn't the only one. There's another one over the weekend. Oh, I did not know about this. What F- happened? Female cheerleader. I, I now I have to go back and look. I want. I kind of want to say it was Alabama A&M, but I can't remember for sure. Female cheerleader. The video's hilarious. First time down the court, player goes to take the ball. It is a mate basket. Dude grabs the ball out out of the net. Goes to goes to throw it in. The cheerleader along the baseline slides a little closer to the action and does a and does a pipe kick and kicks through the nuts. Oh! But anyway, so but they, he 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 shakes it off. They keep playing. Everything's fine. The next time down the court, same cheerleader. They I think they were shooting free throws this time. And after after the the, the made after the made bucket. Cheerleader, the same cheerleader comes out on the court and shoves the player while the game's going on. No way! Dead serious. Fight breaks out and everything goes crazy. It was tremendous. At first, I thought this we were talking about the same game, but then it wa- it wasn't the same game. The, the, the video's out on Twitter somewhere. I should have retweeted it from the official Six Year Seniors account, and I didn't, and that's my fault. I'm I'm I'm, I'm slacking here.
0: Oh, this is fabulous.
1: So you ain't you, you, sw- the- you ain't swack. Dion ain't swack. <laughs> swack is swack.
0: You got to wonder if there's like, you know, some personal background like this is, you know, a, a couple that broke up and this is get, her getting revenge.
1: This, this is this is old school beef. It's really it was really good. It was <laughs> high, highly entertaining. That's great stuff.
0: And finally, we got to look at the Northeast Conference. Because you know the winner here is going into the play-in game and is going to be an underdog. Merrimack beat Stonehill in midweek, 56-43. Those are the two teams that can't get into the NCAA tournament. But Fairlane Dickinson is working really hard to try not to be the team that gets in. They almost lost to Long Island on Thursday. They prevailed 80-79. to but mm-hmm. then they turn around the weekend and they lose to Central Connecticut, 77-73. If Dickinson gets in, they are going to be at least a six or seven point dog to whoever they're playing.
1: In the in the sixteen in sixteen. In the play-in game. game. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be bad.
0: So wait a minute though. But Fairleigh Dickinson beat Long Island, which means that Fairleigh Dickinson can beat Purdue.
1: They, yeah. Now I don't know if they can beat Rutgers. But they can beat Purdue. <laughs>
0: No, Rutgers and Northwestern, that's going to be the NCAA title
1: game this year. Highly unlikely.
0: Let's give a look ahead at the schedule this week. We already know what the big game is on Wednesday. That's Bama and Tennessee. But on Tuesday, there's a few games worth watching. At 4 p.m. on Vegas, Creighton and Providence, two of the four teams atop the Big East, are playing on Fox
1: Sports 1. Yeah, really good game there for the Big East early on 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 the early part of the card. NC State at Syracuse on the ACC Network, same time. Let's see if the Wolfpack can keep up their uh their their little hot streak here. Despite they they did the job to Virginia last week, but they rebounded well against Boston. College. We'll see if NC State can keep going.
0: And at six PM, you have a Big Twelve doubleheader: Kansas at Oklahoma State on ESPN, Kansas State at Oklahoma on ESPNU.
1: Nobody on West Virginia Sports Network. All right.
0: That we know of at this point. That we know of. On Wednesday, 4 p.m., sit down, turn on ESPN2, watch Alabama at Tennessee.
1: Do not turn on ESPNU at the same time. Virginia's at Louisville, and that could be a a snuff film.
0: Oh, yes, it could be. And unfortunately, Xavier and Marquette are really good big east game is on cbs sports at the same time nobody's gonna know
1: it that's picture in picture right there though bama tennessee on one Xavier marquette in the in, in small window that's good stuff
0: at 6 p.m on the big 10 network battle for second place indiana at northwestern
1: Ooh, Ooh. look 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 out hoosiers northwestern's coming for you
0: on thursday there's not a lot of good games on. Probably the sneaker game that you want to see is Big South leaders Asheville and Radford going at it on
1: ESPNU at 4 p.m. Oh wow, you're going deep down the card. There. Yeah, there's not a lot, not a lot here. I Purdue's at Maryland. Could, could could the Terps also give Purdue some issues here? That's a that's 3:30. That's 3:30 on the Big Ten Network. As far as your big boys go, that's probably the most interesting game.
0: At 8 p.m. on CBS Sports, Gonzaga has its vengeance against
1: Loyola Marymount. We'll see if they got anything for Cal Shelton. On the road here, Marymount gets the Zags on the road. We'll see what happens. Can they get the sweep? On Friday, you have Ivy League violence.
0: Yale at Penn on ESPN News at 4 p.m. That's not That's not, that's not bad. We'll take what we can get for the Ivy. And then here comes Saturday. 9 a.m., best game on the list, is Illinois and Indiana, either on ESPN or the Deuce.
1: We're not sure yet. One of your worldwide leader networks.
0: At 10, you've got Tennessee at Kentucky on CBS. At 11, you have
1: Iowa State at Kansas State on ESPN. Iowa State, Kansas State should be really, really good. Oklahoma State at TCU at the same time. I ain't got TV on that one. Uh, I'm guessing that's the West Virginia Sports Network, but they may prove me wrong.
0: It wouldn't surprise me. At 1 p.m., it's Baylor at Kansas mm-hmm. on
1: ESPN. That's a big-time game there. Can the Bears go? Bears have been good on the road in the league this year, but they've struggled to home, hold a home court. But they've they've been good on the road. Can they go into Allen Fieldhouse and, and, and sweep the Jayhawks? We'll see what happens.
0: At 2 p.m., sneaky fun game, Pittsburgh at Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech in must-win mode. That's on the ACC network. Tough spot
1: there for the Panthers, trying to win the ACC outright for the first time.
0: At 3 p.m. on either ESPN2 or the U, Texas A&M at Missouri. Would not shock me at all if Missouri wins that game.
1: I'm with you on that one for sure.
0: At the same time, fighting for their NCAA tournament lives, Utah at Arizona State on
1: the Pac-12 network. Utes need every bit they can get.
0: At five p.m., Fox has Michigan State in Michigan. CBS Sports has Nevada at Utah State. Nevada, Utah State can be pretty,
1: pretty entertaining.
0: Your late night game, seven p.m., BYU at Saint Mary's, either ESPN two or ESPN U. And then at seven thirty, if you really want to watch a snuff film,
1: California oh is at UCLA. God, what's the line on that going to be? Good God,
0: uh, close to twenty. It's got to be close to twenty. That's going to be bad. That's on the Pac-12 network, if you really must see.
1: You, you really don't want
0: to. <laughs> don't need to. You don't want to. <laughs> on Sunday, you've got a pair of Missouri Valley games that are very interesting. At 9 a.m. on CBS Sports, it's Belmont at Drake. And then at 10, you have Bradley at Southern Illinois on ESPN2. 10
1: o'clock Vegas. It's the Super Bowl for NC State as Carolina comes into Raleigh. We'll see if uh, if, if if the Woofies have, have an answer, their loss they had in Chapel Hill a few weeks ago. It's, it's going to be a hornet's nest. They're going to be angry and violent and cussing and cursing and all kinds of crap. We'll, we'll see if, if the Tar Heels have anything for them. I have no idea. And
0: then the last game on the Sunday card is UNLV at Boise on Fox Sports 1. The Rebels don't have a great record, but, man, they give everybody fits.
1: Very good point. Vegas has played the league tough this year, and I'm sure they will uh, up at at Boise. And then on Monday, a
0: pair of great Big 12 games. Oklahoma State at West Virginia at four on ESPN2. At six, it's Kansas at TCU on ESPN. I wonder wonder how close Mike Miles is to coming back. He's got to be coming back pretty quick.
1: Got to be pretty close, yeah, absolutely.
0: Once those games are over, you'll be able to download your favorite podcast from your favorite podcast location and listen to Mike and I talk about the next week of college basketball.
1: We missed one. We got to throw out real fast. Saturday. We did. Saturday, 3 o'clock. The greatest rivalry in college sports, Duke at Syracuse. Uh, yes I how did, how did we, we miss we that talking? i i I don't know bad that's bad miss by us bad miss
0: the greatest rivalry in college sports according to ESPN when they had to do a marketing job my god
1: that was so stupid that was so
0: stupid <laughs>
1: That was you know what I think that was the same year I think that was 9 years ago. I think it was the same year as the uh as the snow game because Duke had to reschedule their their the Carolina game on a short turnaround after the rematch at the Carrier Dome which I think they won at the I think somebody hit a three at the buzzer to win that game. I think it was it was correct whatever it was that was the one year where the two duke syracuse games were like super great and esp was like oh my god we've got we've got our next thing for the next 30 years and the next season (laughs) it instantly became irrelevant again so good 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 stuff there i have nothing else for the listening audience what a sham
0: you gotta love the espn marketing department
1: oh good god well, let's let's just let's go on. If we're, if we're talking the the ESPN marketing department, um, shoot, You it hell, it's super. It's Super Bowl. It's Super Bowl Sunday. Let's just for Chris Berman, Tom Jackson. That's the best producer in the business sound caps. I am Mikey Watson. We'll be back next Monday talking to college basketball, talking about God knows what, what talking about God knows what else, God knows who, all kinds of stuff. Steiner math, good math, all kinds of stupid math, analytics, brackets, all that stuff right here on Six Year Seniors.